Hello, welcome to Healing Out Loud with me, your host, Jackie Shea. This is a place to relate to the darkest days and be inspired by ultimate triumph. Each week, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience with illness and or wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on, highly informed about something new, and connected to a tribe of amazing humans. Because the only way out is through, but it helps to have a tribe walking with you. Hiya, tribe. I have some special stuff going on this week. A little bit different. No weekly challenge. Also, I'm interested to hear how you feel about the weekly challenge. Um, And if you wanted to change it to maybe the self-care tool, a new self-care tool for your toolbox, um, let me know. I'm interested. Write to me. I brought on my dear friend Eva Hagberg Fisher this week to talk about self-care during the crazy holidays season. We get into all sorts of really interesting things. This is not like any other holiday self-care episode you're going to listen to because we dig deep into self-care rituals and routines that are way beyond eating healthy and drinking enough water but are all about living an authentic life. So listen in, follow me on Instagram at Jackie for more wellness tips and updates. Download your free self-care checklist at JackieShay.com, which would be a great uh, extra thing to add to this episode that you can check off every night through the holiday season. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or any other podcasting platform. I deeply, deeply appreciate your support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash healing out loud. This is an entirely listener supported podcast. I deeply appreciate your support. I always want to hear from you guys. I will always respond to your emails and your messages. I love you. Okay, let's get into some self-care during this crazy season. Here we go. Hey everyone, I have my dear friend Eva Hagberg Fisher here, author of the forthcoming memoir, How to Be Loved, out February 5th. Pre-order now by asking your local bookstore to buy it or on IndieBound.org. I will link to all of that. Eva's a recent PhD in visual and narrative culture and longtime architecture critic. Hi, Eva. Hi. I sound so fancy when you describe me. I love it. You are fancy. You have okay. a P- you have a PhD. I have a PhD. I'm the world expert in an extremely, extremely narrow field. Amazing. So today we're talking all about self-care in the holiday season. And um, I brought Eva on because she's a really fun person for me to riff with and talk about anything like chronic illness and healing related with because we are in many ways total opposites in in so many ways but then we also (laughs) we also like are kind of like self-care pros too yeah I mean I feel like we are we are both like extreme experts on our own experiences and we I have learned from you how to be compassionate. And I think we have a great like feedback loop of infinite compassion. Mm. And like, that's what we share. But yeah, everything else. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> Hi, Jackie. No. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We totally, I was like, oh, this is great. Because I do self-care totally differently over the holidays than Eva does self-care. Because Eva doesn't care about the holidays. And I really do. Like, I've had Christmas music on loop, basically. I've got my Christmas tree lights on right now. Uh, very annoying. Do you have a Christmas tree? No. No. Uh, no. Why? Why? No. Why would I have one? <laughs> you guys see, you can be besties with people that are completely different from you. Jackie, I'm just thinking about the morning of your birthday when I did not know that you care about holidays, when my first birthday text to you was, I really need a massage. Thank God you organized a massage thing for your birthday. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Pause, pause, pause. (laughs) Happy birthday, period. (laughs) It was so funny. And like, yeah, guys, I'm totally the person that like wants all the birthday love and wants to feel very special on my birthday. It's very annoying. I'm trying to turn the volume down on that. But um, Eva's message to me that morning cracked me up because because I know her love language. (laughs) Right. 
and I know it's different than mine. And, um, and that's such an amazing thing about friendship when you can really trust that you're loved within a friendship and you don't need to have anything particular from the other person. Like there's no, there's no crazy needs and there's no expectation that gets let down. Like we talk a lot about not responding to texts and like needing nothing from one another. Mm -hmm. So here we are. It's December, whatever, 14th. And I Mm -hmm. have really run myself into the ground over the last couple of weeks. I am totally dried up in giving. Like I've just been giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. Um, my profession is about giving now. And then I, you know, organized a really emotionally draining event within my family. And I've been buying lots of holiday gifts for people and planning things. It's been really crazy. And I pushed myself so far to the limit that I now have to escape town for the weekend or am choosing to escape town for the weekend. Um, and not take any phone calls. (laughs) Where are you going? Yosemite. Oh, so nice. So, um, you know, I pushed myself, I pushed myself there and I was talking to, to my coach yesterday about how ideally I just don't get put into that position, right? Like I just don't give so much that I end up in a place where I hate everyone (laughs) and want to be left alone. (laughs) I know you have some experience with that because we've gone back and forth a couple of times because because I never feel that way with you and you never feel that way with me and it's kind of amazing uh-huh. but we've gone uh-huh. back and forth about like yeah I've given too much and now I fuck everybody <laughs> uh-huh. oh my god I so relate to like being so drained and so strung out that literally a text from somebody saying hi I love you how are you feeling produces in me a feeling of unmeasurable rage that they have intruded upon my life. Um, you know, a reasonable person would maybe do what, what you've actually, I was going to say taught me to do, but I've never actually done it, which is to just put your phone on airplane mode every so often. But I was listening to you talk and I was reflecting on that trip that we took to Monterey, which was so awesome for both of us. We were just like, we just need to, we just need to like meet between, you know, LA. I was living in Berkeley at the time. We went to Monterey and I remember going on this hike with you and feeling truly restored. And I'd been looking for that sense of of restoration in like, you know, all the wrong places, like 15 episodes of TV, tons of candy. And then we went outside and I said to you, like, you know, Jackie, I really think I need to just like burn out every couple months. Like, I'm just going to like go really hard and (laughs) burn out. And I'm going to spend a couple years living in a city and then like totally lose everything and then live in the woods for two years. And you were like, you know, or (laughs) you could integrate a little bit of nature into your daily life. And I think at the time I was like, sure, that sounds reasonable. But I was listening to you. There was like a touch of sort of self critique in, in, in the way that I heard you describe, you know, running so hard and getting drained and then needing to recuperate. And I just had this thought, like, what if this is just how we're wired? You know, what if instead of, for me, like, I've tried to integrate balance in so many ways. And I think I'm just fundamentally kind of an extreme person. You know, I was at a party recently and I mentioned that I can be polarizing. You know, people either, like, really like me or they really don't. (laughs) A friend of mine was like, oh, yes, but there's a lot of people that don't like you. (laughs) Um, he was like, I like you, but a lot of, you know, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Thank you. But the point is like, for me, self-care is not actually trying to overcome my basic human nature, which is, which is to kind of oscillate and to be extreme and to be like all in on New York city intensity. And then like all in on total collapse in the desert. And like, you know, I don't know what if that, what if that's okay? Right. What if it's okay that you, you know, got really overwhelmed. I guess if it's not okay for you, then it's not okay. But I hear you and I reflect on my own life and I'm like, I think this is just how it is for me. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that that is a really big part of self-care, like taking the judgment out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you heard self-critique in my voice and there definitely, there definitely is. Like I, 
I, I value or I think I judge myself when I um, let up on my self-care because I, I teach it, right, in so mm-hmm. many ways. And so I feel like a hypocrite and I feel like I'm doing a bad job. And, and you're absolutely right. Like, and I tell this to people all of the time. The first step to self-care is to not judge your messy humanness mm-hmm. and to like let yourself – have this kind of wild experience where you're not doing anything perfectly because none of us are. So I mean, some of us might be. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I always imagine that there's somebody who's doing something perfectly, right? Somewhere. I guess. I make myself suffer over that idea. Uh, Oh, yeah. I don't... Right? I I mean... I always think that you do it perfectly, actually. I'm like, oh, fuck, Jackie's making her matcha again. She's so responsible. <laughs> I'm, like, dragging myself to Starbucks. Like, this morning, I, I didn't sleep well, and I was so – yesterday, I felt great. I slept, like, 11 hours. I was felt amazing. And this morning, I was going to Starbucks, and I was like, oh, I'm, like, waiting for that, like, caffeine, adrenaline, you know, and just – picturing you putting your collagen into you know so I guess I think you do it perfectly that's so interesting I hear you that you don't but I'm like "Mm, Jackie's got it locked down that's so interesting because I think that you do work perfectly like I I always compare myself to you where I'm like Eva has filed from the emergency room like, you have fucking yes. written columns from the emergency room. You've probably, like, right before you went under anesthesia, like, sent an email. Like, that's <laughs> that's what I know of you. And when I feel sick, when I feel, like, when I'm doing treatment, for example, when I'm doing IVIG, I have a lot of, like, Eva would do this better. Like, Eva would, like, get yeah. IVIG and, like, sit up in bed and, like, write her dissertation. Like... <laughs> I mean, so I would, I mean, that's a hundred percent accurate. And I think that, you know, I suffer a lot because of that. Um, it's funny. I, so I, I had surgery a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. And, um, and I woke up and I asked for my phone and I sent a work email mm-hmm. to a new editor and the content of my work email was all caps. I'm a fucking doctor now. 14 exclamation points. <laughs> So, should I have sent that email? (laughs) (laughs) Who's to say? You know, I mean, but I, when I was, when I was sort of thinking about, um, and I didn't, I didn't like self fact check when I wrote my memoir, but I just sort of, no, I did. I I self fact checked one thing, which is that an editor had given me an assignment shortly after brain surgery. And I wasn't sure how long after, and I went and checked my email and I responded to a commission the morning after brain surgery. And this story is actually not about like American resilience and toughness. This is a story about like how intensely my self-worth is wrapped up in productivity and work that like even in a moment when I was extraordinarily vulnerable and suffering, I still felt this like unshakable panic that if I wasn't like, of course, I will write 600 words about a country house in Connecticut that like some terrible evil would befall me. So sometimes, I mean, I, I really value my own ability to work and from the inside, it can, it can actually feel really distressing. I mean, I had to do therapy about not working on my honeymoon and I ended up working on my honeymoon because the anxiety of not working was too great for me to deal with. And the amount of time that I had to do therapy before my honeymoon. Right. You know, like that's right. not like the chillest place to be. Right. And I relate, I relate to pieces of that. Absolutely. Like when you and I took our weekend getaway to Monterey, where we like saw, you know, I feel pretty and cock blockers and like, oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and like, you know, tried to do nothing all weekend. We both woke up on Sunday morning and like worked for multiple hours. <laughs> Totally. Totally. And I have, I do have a lot of self-worth wrapped up in productivity and, you know, and like the way I care for myself 
you know, you're right. Like I am pretty, I am pretty good at it and I'm pretty disciplined about it and I'm totally imperfect about it. And I look around on Instagram and I see like all of these, you know, health wellness influencers and I'm like, man, they're doing it better than me. Like there's this, this comparison piece is so, um, is so intense and I bet it comes up for a lot of people this time of year too like mothers that have kids like I feel like a lot of parents you know judge themselves you know in regards to other parents that are buying all the right gifts and like decorating their homes perfectly for their children like I think I think this comparison piece comes up in so many areas and I really I really do like want I, I I perfectionism really hurts me comparison really hurts me I want everyone to feel like they're the most important person in my life and mm. that's really like really hurts me <laughs> why why do you want that oh because I'm so afraid that if they don't feel like they're the most important person in my life that they'll abandon me <laughs> That they'll abandon you. Yeah. They feel abandoned themselves. Yeah, that if I'm not a perfect friend, a perfect daughter, a perfect family member, a perfect girlfriend, a perfect et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that that, like I won't be good enough for them. They'll be mad at me and then leave and then – and then I'm not right. worthy. Like at some point I become unworthy of love if I'm imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, like that comes up for me around buying gifts for people. <laughs> right. So I'm hearing this and I'm like, wait, why do you like the holidays? This sounds like a recipe for like needing to boycott all the holidays. I know. Well, I, because I love, I love buying gifts for people. Like I, I mean, it stresses me out. Absolutely. But I love like deciding the special thing that each person wants and I get to get it and I love my Christmas tree with the lights on and Eva do you know why I like the holidays because I have this really pretty traumatic childhood and adulthood within my family (laughs) and one of the things consistently through my childhood is that Christmas was fun and good and I loved it And I felt that way, you know, up until I was like fucking 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And it was like the one time, the one day that for some reason, joy was present in my home. And I came to realize this year, actually, that I was like, oh, I have pleasant memories from like my whole life on Christmas. And I can say that about pretty much nothing else. (laughs) Yeah, that is a powerful, powerful thing. I mean, I don't know all the intricate details of your life and childhood, but I know that it was not 100% awesome. Um, And this makes so much sense. Like, of course, you want to recreate that. And I mean, for me, it's like, it's like when joy is also connected to an absence of suffering, the joy is multiplied by like 1,000 times, right? It's sort of like a glass of cold water is so much better when you've been in the desert. Like, right. this makes a lot of sense to me. So my experience of the holidays was that I had multiple families and, you know, I have like multiple parents. Some of them I'm genetically related to. Some of them I'm not. I consider them various levels. I mean, there's actually, no, I have four parents and they're all my parents. And so I spent a lot of Christmas mornings on a flight going from one family to another family. Um, And every time I was with one family, I was aware that my other family was without me and I felt guilt and I felt shame. And I was like, you know, later I felt pressure when I knew what pressure was. And so now there's such an intense freedom for me to just be like, I'm just not, I'm not going to participate in the sort of familial holiday competition and this year, my my mom and my former stepfather, who is essentially my father and my brother and my husband and my brother's girlfriend, were all together and we were talking about Christmas. And it was sort of this like weird plan. And my brother and I were like, we're just going to we're just going to not do Christmas this year. And it felt like such a relief. And um, my in-laws live in California and they were sad when they moved to New York. But they're very like 
we want, you know, they're very like keeping track, like who's going where for what holiday. And I'm just like, I'm not going to participate in that. Like, I'm not going to respond when you say that you really want me to be there for Christmas. Like, because it just reminds me of like how confusing and disorienting it felt as a child to be like, am I choosing my mother over my father? Am I choosing my stepfather over my father or my father over my step? You know, like it was just such a, um, I don't know if we can swear on your podcast. You can, you can. Great. It was a clusterfuck. I mean, it was just like so intense. Um, Right. Yeah, that sounds really intense. I'm like, "Mm, bye. Right. Yeah, that sounds really intense. And I think that saying no and potentially disappointing people, right, is such a powerful Mm -hmm. act of self-care. Having your own back and being like, yeah, most of the most of the Western world is going to participate in this holiday. And it really doesn't work for me. So I'm just Mm -hmm. not. I'm just not gonna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I love that. Right. And, and I mean, that, you know, I've thought a lot about you. You had this um, very interesting guest, Amy Sher, Amy Sher. How do you pronounce her name? Amy Sher. Amy Sher on your podcast. And she made some observations that was like, you know, how is your illness serving you? And she was very clear. And I'm very clear that we do not, you know, create illnesses so that we learn something right but I sort of think okay well I have this general systemic sort of problem in my body what you know if I choose if I chose to learn something from it what could I learn and for me it's that like I was constitutionally incapable of even knowing what my own needs were until my needs became so extravagant and so truly life-saving So I had all this amazing practice after brain surgery when my, you know, my brain like didn't work. I mean, my autonomic nervous system could not orient itself. And so I had to learn to just be like, no, no, I cannot do that. No, no. And then I just carried that practice over and now I can say no, you know, but I certainly don't want to give the impression that I like came to all of this through, you know, diligent therapeutic work or self-knowledge. I mean, it was really a gift of the sort of terrors of my experience that I'm now able to be like, nope, that's not going to work for me. Because I remember it being a literally life or death. Yeah. And something else Amy Cher talks about actually that, that on the heels of that, that I love is that, uh, a big reason why she felt she was staying sick is because she wasn't being true to herself. And she was like wasting all of this energy, essentially like trying to please people. And when she got real about, like, how she was feeling and had her own back and, like, started standing up for, like, everything she believed in, wanted, felt, she got better. And I always think that's so interesting because I I notice when I'm denying and betraying my own truth how exhausted I am mm-hmm. and, like, how much energy I spend trying to and it's interesting on Christmas too it's like I totally get energy from enjoying like holiday music and the lights on my Christmas tree like I'm like oh Mm -hmm. this is so fun and I'm sort of whimsical and child like childlike in this way and I love it (laughs) and it it fills me up you know and it's like for other people and it's so important to know what's true for you because you really don't have to engage with the world in any one way. Mm-hmm. Like you get no. you get to make all of your choices. All of them. It's wild. It's wild. I have a friend in you. Oh, Hani, who you spoke to also for your podcast. So she, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling the story. But she was over last night and um, and we're watching Jane the Virgin together. And she, she was like, I'm going to watch half an episode and then go home. So we watch half an episode and she, she stops it and she turns to me and she's like, I want to leave now. Is that okay? And I was like, ooh, so interesting that you weren't just like, I'm going to leave now. Bye. And the only reason that I know how to be like, I'm going to leave now. Bye. Is because I used to have to be like, I need to go to the emergency room. Bye. Um, right. So I guess maybe I just some, like, sometimes pretend that I'm going to go to the emergency room. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's, I, I still, I just got to say for, you know, I feel such resistance to, um, to this idea that we can like get better when we handle our emotional things. And I, and I also sort of know that that's true. And I'm just, I could feel myself like shaking my head and I was like, no, 
Amy's hair got better from the stem cell transplant that she had in India. Like it was coincidence, you know? So I just want to like flag that. Like if, if any of your listeners are like, what? Like I am also skeptical at the same time as believing that my mast cell activation syndrome, which is basically a condition of like hypersensitivity to the world is as emotionally mediated as it is mediated through cytokines and histamines and prostaglandins, you know, but I live on this edge of like, how much is physical? How much is emotional? Like, I'm a nine out of 10 on the ACE study. Right. Maybe that contributed to my immune system being a little haywire versus like, just the luck of the chromosomal draw, I guess, you know, like, I really struggle with this stuff. Right. Yeah, I know you do. And I, and this is another great example of like, how we differ and and how okay that is, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. so, like, I'm pretty much open to whatever. Like, I'm basically, like, for any person, whatever makes you feel better, great. <laughs> I really believe yeah. to get well, like, it's a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual experience. And I, Amy Share is so interesting because, not to, like, obsessively um, talk about Amy Share, but she, you know, she did this stem cell treatment in India and it worked for like a year and then she got really sick. And it oh, was, yeah. And it, I missed that part. I missed that she like got sick again. Yeah. So she got super sick again. Like all of her symptoms came raging back. And because while she was in India getting stem cell treatment, the doctor kept saying, you can heal yourself. You can heal yourself. Mm-hmm. She was finally like, okay, fine. I'll turn inward. And the thing that she really shifted was just like being more authentic. Mm-hmm. And you know, being a person that says, like, I'm going to leave now. Bye. Instead of, right. is that okay? And right. um, and then she got well and, like, hasn't had a symptom since, right? So I kind of – I love her story because also the thing about me with, with medicine, and, and this is another place we differ, is, like, I had no money. So I needed to believe that I had control, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I needed to believe that I could get well on the cheap, <laughs> right? And right, and and you know, like, and I also did a fundraiser and got well by doing a lot of different treatments. So I don't really know either, but and it doesn't really matter. Like if you just if you're just like open minded enough, right, to just dabble in it and see what makes you feel better and what makes you feel worse. Like you'll get a lot of answers. Oh, I mean, to clarify, I a hundred percent bought her book, how to heal yourself when no one else can. And I a hundred percent in the night was doing tapping and, you know, doing all the muscle testing that she describes and was like a hundred percent willing to go there. And I remember I texted you the night before my surgery with this like pretty gnarly memory. It wasn't even like a memory, but I just like, something in my childhood that I'd wondered about suddenly clicked into place like the night before my surgery. And I remember texting you and your observation was something like, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to like see the surgery as like removing that trauma. And I was so willing to go there, you know, I was like, fuck yes. And then when I was projectile vomiting for four days, I remember texting you and you were like, great, maybe this is part of purging that trauma, you know? So I do, Like, I love to, like, dance on the edges of that, you know, and when I was projectile vomiting and thinking about, you know, am I ridding my body of this memory or this trauma or the trauma associated with this, like, vague sense of a memory that I have, it felt great. I mean, which is a weird thing to say about projectile vomiting, but, you know, it was kind of like, fuck, yeah, I'm doing work right now. You know, my body's doing work that my mind doesn't know how to do. Um, right. So I guess, you know, the takeaway for this podcast is sometimes projectile vomiting is a really <laughs> deep act of self-care. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love it because I feel like the thing is to just res- – I think – I do think that resistance in general yes. like causes us things like inflammation and because resistance really just like clenches the body essentially. Mm-hmm. Um and so I feel like a great thing in general is to just just not resist. Like people say the pain is in the resistance and that has been true for me. So I don't feel angry or resistant about the idea that, you know, illness, people cure illness by physical only, 
I'm kind of like, sure, uh-huh. maybe. Maybe they do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, and and I'm like, sure, don't celebrate Christmas. Like, great. I love it. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, and people in my life can do that too. Like maybe Ian, for example, my partner, doesn't – he doesn't like dislike Christmas, but he doesn't really care. Uh-huh. And, and like I don't – I don't get to to change that or or try to control that or like make him have the experience I'm having, which I 100% have tried to do. Um, <laughs> and and like it's just never gonna happen. And I wonder how many people out there are like trying to force the people around them to like have a happy Christmas. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm sure that when Winston and I met, and I wasn't as comfortable with my dislike of things or just didn't know that it was such an option. Like I remember being like, family's in town. You have to go see them. And he was like, I don't know. I don't really feel like it. (laughs) What? Who are you? I mean, Winston Fisher can teach us all about self-care and not buying into expectations. He's just like, nope, not going to do that. How do you? Ian's like that shit too. I was uh-huh. like, Ian, I was like, Ian, can you come to this work holiday party with me on Tuesday? And he was like, I can, um, but, you know, I, I rock climb that night, so I'm going to have to leave early. And I was like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, 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 maybe I wasn't clear. You have to come to this work holiday party with me. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, when, if I say it like that, you know, like, I've, I've learned to be, this also relates, I've learned to be really clear with, like, what I want and what I need, right? So there are certain events that I need Winston to go to, and I'll say, listen, I know this is not your jam, I really want you to come. And he'll be like, great, not my preference, I'll attend. Mm-hmm. Whereas other times, and so I've sort of learned, like, not to cry wolf. You know, yes. like, and, <laughs> and so that's the sort of external part, right? The external part is like, am I going to cry wolf or not? And then the internal part is getting really clear with myself on things that I want versus things that I need versus things that I think other people are expecting of me. Right. Um, and the internal work is where the payoff is, right? It's in getting, you know, a sense of discernment where I'm able to be like, pause and be like, like or if can I, I go for half an hour? Right. Like if I don't want to go to the holiday party that's my problem, right? And if I need right. him to go to make it, but but oh, essentially, yeah. but essentially, like we did get to that point where I was just like, you know what? It would mean a lot to me if you came, and I, I just like want, I would really want you to be there. And he was like, oh, cool. I won't go rock climbing. Like I'm more than happy to show up for you in that way. Right. And I was like, great. And another layer of this, Eva, that I think is so important is like the expectate like the judgments of the outside world like mm-hmm. i believe that a relationship should quote unquote should look like xyz like we go to every holiday party together and we do this and we do that and something that that's also so great about both of us really is that like we we choose to do our relationships however works for us and like you you know, you and Winston have a very specific setup and you're just like, this works for me. Like he doesn't read Uh my work and I don't listen to his stuff. And like, we don't need to communicate every day. And like, that's what works for me. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, I love it. You know, and I need to find, like Ian doesn't come to a lot of the holiday, a lot of the like work parties with me or like the friend birthdays with me because he's doing something else. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I love that my partner has has hobbies and like a life. That's okay. Uh That's totally Uh okay. Like this is, I don't need to go with him. But then I get all wrapped up in like, what does this look like? Like, are people thinking that like he doesn't love me? Oh, dude, when we, when Winston and I got to, so Winston is like one marriage away from being the hermit who lived in the woods for 24 years. Like, I just gotta say, (laughs) he's like the best, you know, best person I've ever known. Also, so weird. Um, But when we first got together, his, his brother and now sister-in-law, they live in Seattle. They are like, two peas in a pod. They are so cute. They are so sweet. They, they would post all these Instagrams like of going like apple picking together. And then they would be like, now we went to this thing together. And I remember talking to Winston and being like, I want to go apple picking and post it on Instagram with you, you know, because it was like a year into our relationship. And I like was still trying to figure out like, 
okay, I think this relationship is like, you know, is it, you know, insofar as we live in forever one day at a time. Um, <laughs> like, you know, I was still navigating that and doing a lot of comparing and thinking like, we don't do cute things. We don't have a date night. We don't, you know, I remember our wedding, one of our friends was like, here's your speech, you know, once a week, have a date night. Winston and I have a date night once every two years. And every time <laughs> we do that, we're like, oh, this is so fun. But we're both the kind of personality that if we had to do it every week, we would actually probably have to get divorced because we, we, we both hate pressure so much. Mm. And we both just freak out when we're under pressure to perform. And I once forced him to do something with me and it was the worst four hours of my life. I mean, he was present in body and not in mind and spirit. Right. Yeah. I so relate to that. And I, I do need a date night, you know, and I don't need it to be every week, but, but so much of my internal work that you were talking about has been about like, what do I need? And what am I and what am I like projecting onto this relationship from the world? Does that make sense? Like what what do what do yeah. I actually want and need versus what the world like what a typical like rom com relationship looks like to the world and trying to cookie cutter like get in there so that people on Instagram think I'm awesome. <laughs> Dude, I mean, to just get 100% real. So when I was 22, I, I, I dated a 35-year-old who had been married before we got together. And I remember, like, I mean, I met him when I was 20, and I was sort of like, what's it like to be in your mid-30s? You know, I was, like, very curious. I remember asking him, like, how frequently me and his wife had sex, which is a completely inappropriate question, but I asked it. And he was, like, three times a week. And I was like, that is nothing. I have sex. 45 times a day, you know, because I was like 20 and that's what I could do when I was 20. Um, and now I'm 36 and I do not have sex with myself three times a week. Yeah. So, so, you know, I was reflecting on like 20, 20 year old me judging 35 year old person and now being 36 and being like, Oh, I didn't know anything about relationships for one. And two, like I have really, really struggled was trying to figure out like what amount of sex is like acceptable to, to, you know, the legions of people keeping track of my sex life. <laughs> and like, I don't have as much sex with my spouse as I had with my boyfriends when I was 20. Right. Yeah. Um, and right. that for me, I mean, that sounds like a small thing, but like that experience of accepting like, what I perceive as a relative lack of frequency, which even is like completely culturally mediated, like there is no inherent lack going on. Like that has been some of my deepest internal work. Mm. You know, it's just being like, I'm imagining that everybody else is having some intensely amazing, deeply fulfilling sexual life. And I'm like literally waking up in surgery and my husband is like putting an adult diaper on me and I'm like, I will literally never have sex again. Right. And then we do, you know, eventually. And like that relationship between intimacy and performative sexuality in a marriage and outwardly performative sexuality is like so intense. Um, and it's also part of this sort of self-care thing, right? Where it's like, what do I actually want? I don't actually want to have sex three times a week. That sounds really tiring. Oh my God, self-care and sex are so, Jesus, I mean, and this is all, like, I just feel like we keep talking about, like, wanting to be perfect and then the self-care being, like, accepting yourself as you are and accepting everyone around you as they are, like, Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. letting go, you know, and it totally relates to the holidays too. I was actually listening to a podcast about self-care during the holidays because there are a thousand of them coming out. Sorry, guys. This is very different than all the others. Um, And this woman was like, you know, I'm going crazy and I'm like sweating and like putting lights on the Christmas tree and like sweat stripping down every part of my body and and I'm like dying and I need to make dinner. And my husband's like sitting on the couch watching, watching a football game, totally chill. And, and I have to like check in with myself and be like, wait, nobody asked me to do this, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's been so true in my relationship too, that like, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't 
have to do anything. Everything I'm doing is a choice. Everything. And everything yeah. he's doing is a choice. And mm-hmm. we, we get to have communication and be like, hey, I need you to help me with the Christmas lights or hey, I need this or I need that. But I think something that's so helpful, especially during this season, is to expect, is to have lower expectations of people and like let them do them and you do you. Like stop being a martyr, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, so that, you know, going back to kind of the beginning of our conversation, like I remember when... I'd moved from New York to Portland and people would call me really frequently. My friends from the East coast, they would call me, they would check in on me. And I started to feel like, I just believed that I had to pick up the phone every time somebody called and I would pick up the phone when I was not available or not interested in talking. And I would sort of muddle through this conversation and try to give cues that I wasn't interested in the conversation, but not be rude. And I just felt like so overtaxed and trained and, you know, I was trying to have this like spiritual Portland experience. And instead I was like just being called all the time. We were talking to somebody and she was like, so here's the thing that you can do. You can pick up the phone and you can say, I'm not available to talk right now. I'll call you back at six. Does that work for you? And it was like somebody being like, here is an interdimensional intergalactic blueprint for life. Like just, I was like that, no, that doesn't, that's not an option. What do you mean? What do you mean? I can just say, I'll call you back. Or what do you mean? I can just not answer the phone. And then recently somebody called me and I hit decline and she left me a voicemail and she was like, nice. First ring decline straight to voicemail. And I was like, Yeah, I've learned, I finally learned nine years after that person first told me that, that I don't have to pick up the phone just because somebody calls. I don't have to respond to a text. Even if the text is like, help me, help me. I need, like, I am not people's only friend. I am not people's only support system. Right. Um, Oh my God. Right. But, but the flip side of that was, was kind of getting over my ego that I was people's only support system. Right. I was the only person who truly understood and so now whenever anybody says like well Eva I could never tell anybody else this that used to be like kryptonite and now I'm like ooh, I don't know about this This is gonna make a weird dynamic I'm not gonna participate in this I'm the only person thing because three months down the line they're gonna text me and I'm gonna get hooked right and my whole thing is like don't get hooked right Totally. 100%. And you know what? Like I was talking again to my coach yesterday about how the most giving people are actually the most boundaried. Um, Yep. Because in order to fully give, like we need to have these boundaries in place. Uh, I think there's a Brene Brown uh, YouTube about it, actually. Um, I know you're like "Eh," on Brene Brown, but... um, So many opinions on people who are successful in talking about their feelings. Yeah. It's Um, jealousy. It's jealousy and envy. That's what what the feeling is. Right, right, right. I am – I – so, so yeah, so what, what has happened recently, another thing that I've been sort of draining with the giving is that I've got multiple people in my life going through, like, serious shit, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. really hard stuff, and um, I'm, like, the point person for a couple of them. Yeah. And uh, that has totally, like, like, wrung me out burnt me out and I was talking to my coach about this and I was like and she was like do you do you just do you enjoy that like do you like being the most important person and I was like I was like yeah totally and I was like but also no I don't and like I'm totally willing to shift that now (laughs) um because I can't I can't do it Like, I just can't do it. I'm with you 100% that people have other support systems no matter what they're going through. Like, Mm -hmm. I have someone in my life going through the most, one of the most tragic things I've ever witnessed somebody go through in my life. Mm -hmm. And I've witnessed Mm -hmm. a pretty good amount of tragedy. And, like, this feels pretty unfathomable. And also, like, I don't need to pick up her call every day. Yeah. She has other people to call. And it's really not my responsibility. Um, I th- yeah. I think one of, one of the things that I really love about texting with you and having you be a support person for me is that you never say, like, sorry, I was away from my phone. 
or like like I'll text you, you know, a bunch of like super intense shit and you'll get back to me when you have the time and the space to get back to me. And I'm so grateful for that because I feel like I can observe some people that I text with where there's this like they'll interpret my silence as a, as meaningful or and I'm like don't my phone like I was writing something like I just wasn't by my phone or you know and so it's like getting out of that cycle of like apologizing for not responding immediately when really we shouldn't have to apologize and you've taught me that like if if I think which I sometimes do Jackie's the only person who will understand and I text you and you're not available it encourages me to either see if there's maybe somebody else that I can talk to or to turn to some, you know, nebulous higher power or to turn to myself even and think, okay, well, Jackie isn't here, but Jackie would probably remind me to be gentle. And Jackie would probably remind me not to like get on, like, why am I tired after surgery message board, (laughs) you know, and I can sort of like have like holographic Jackie in my mind until you're available and you always then say something that is totally unexpected that I wouldn't have thought of on my own, which is why I do still need to communicate with you. Um, aside from just fiercely enjoying our communication. Um, you know, but that's something that I just think is so valuable and so profound and that I don't think we've ever explicitly discussed that I can remember, but I think we share that and that's why we don't get strung out on each other. Right. Yeah, totally. I 100% trust that you will take care of yourself if you are not available yes. to speak to me. Exactly. And Same. that yep. is and that is such a freedom in a relation in any sort of relationship. Like trusting mm-hmm. that a person can take care of themselves and not end up resentful cuz that's yes. what happens. Um yep. and I think again like to bring it back to the holidays, the pressure is on this time of year for so many people, like not for Eva Hagberg Fisher, but for (laughs) so many people, the pressure is on. And, you know, like there's, we put that pressure on ourselves, first of all. Like that's the most important thing is that hello martyrdom, like sorry guys, I know it sucks to hear, but we put it on ourselves. Everything is a fucking choice. And then, and then like, We don't owe anybody anything, you know? Like, you don't owe anybody. I, oh my God, Eva, this is the perfect time to talk about that crazy email I just got. Oh my God, that was so amazing. I like, I got an email from a family member about what I wanted for Christmas and I didn't get back to them within, I got another email in 12 hours because it was a Sunday (laughs) night. I got this email on a Sunday night and I was going to respond. I always, for everybody, I always respond to emails within a 24-hour period. And I generally uh, tell everybody that on the weekends, please don't expect to hear from me in a 24-hour period. But this had been 12 hours and I got another email in all capital letters, all capital letters about like not responding to that email yet and to please respond ASAP and you guys it was not an emergency email (laughs) and I was like I texted Eva and I was like want to see this amazing email I just got and the amazing response I just sent (laughs) your response was incredible but it really flipped by the way I have not received a response from that response but it really fascinating but it really flipped me out like I was kind of like that is too much pressure on me Like, I do not owe you a response to that email. I never have to respond if I don't want to. Like, get off it. (laughs) And so there's a lot of expectation, I feel like, at this time of year that we just, we don't need to engage with. You choose. You don't need to engage with it. You don't need to engage with the holidays at all. Um, Uh So I love that. It's so great. And I just want to, I just want to do like a little bit of a self-care sort of, um, like lightning round here. Uh, how are you going to take care of yourself today, Eva? Oh, fuck, dude. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna write. So I've been really wanting to get back into reporting. And now I've gotten back into reporting. So yesterday I was like on the phone with people asking the tough questions. So I'm going to draft a story. Um, but I'm still resting. So I'm going to draft it from bed. Um, I have a lot of Sour Patch Kids Extreme. My friend Hani, like as sort of a joke and not really a joke, bought out the Sour Patch Kids Extreme of a local deli. So I actually have 37 bags of Sour Patch Kids Extreme next to my bed. 
Um, <laughs> yes, you guys, Eva has chronic health stuff and eats Sour Patch Kids on the I daily. Eat garbage. Yeah, I eat Eva, literal garbage. Eva I eats trash. garbage. And it's I love it. It's amazing that I'm still alive. I lo- I, you know what? <laughs> I'm fine. Um, I am definitely going to spend a little time getting some oxytocin from my husband. And, you know, how, so we, we like to watch at least one TV show together. And I'll usually scratch his head. So we get some, like, skin-on-skin bonding contact that really helps me feel connected. Mm. Um, I'm going to – I was about to say I'm not going to go on Twitter and get into fights. That is a lie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on Twitter all day getting into fights. Um, <laughs> it's not really self care. Uh, let's see. No, but I'll not judging yourself. Juice. Not there. You go. I'll be nice to myself about my, you know, my aggro tendencies. Um, and I'm gonna not Google, you know, best most anticipated books of 2019, and then feel a profound sense of loss and shame that I am not on those lists. Oh my that's god. That's my that's my like mega self care move right now is being like, I am good no matter what happens with this book. I am like already whole. I am already good to go. If cool things happen, what a great extra. But I, I literally cannot lose anything. And like that is sort of the intense emotional ride of right now. Mm, I love it. I love it. Um, what are you gonna do? What's your lightning round? My self care today is um, I woke up nice and early so I could do yoga and exercise and journal and meditate and took a shower. Um, so I feel grounded today and I got to work. I have like pretty much back to back work all day until I leave for Yosemite when I become unavailable for support. Um, so, you know, my self-care tricks are always drink enough water, eat three healthy meals. This is not an Eva self-care trick. <laughs> I had string cheese and a milk bar cookie for breakfast. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, I, but I just want to I want to hear the rest of it. But I also want to say I'm judging myself so hard. I'm like, oh, Jackie put on clothes and did yoga and showers like. I'm still in the clothes that I slept in. Like, you know, it's just so, it's like we have this almost hour long conversation about not judging ourselves and it just, I'll snap back into that so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so hard on myself too. Like I want to be up every day at like 6 a.m. so I can have that same morning routine every day. And Eva, I mostly am not. Like I'm mostly, I mostly sleep until 8 and mm-hmm. um, and then I kind of like spend a bunch of time judging myself and hating myself for it while I'm making my morning matcha. And like, <laughs> and it's just like not, uh, it's just totally imperfect today. I happen to be able to do that and I, I love it and it really sets me up for a better day. Um, and, you know, I needed that today. And today I plan on on eating well, like I have enough food to, to prepare myself today and then I have to pack and go and hopefully um something else like I just want to talk about some self-care tricks right now like holiday season Mm. self-care tricks something else I I I do sometimes is um set timers on my phone so that like so that I'm only working straight every couple of hours and then the timer goes off and I take a nice is that your apartment or is that mine I'm sorry. This is we have construction going on. Oh, door. it's just gonna keep happening. Oh, okay, that's totally fine. Um, I was like, is that happening near me? I can't tell. No, um, no, it's here. So some of the other tricks, yeah. So you set your timer, and then when the timer goes off, you like take a breath for five minutes. Um, the weekly challenge, which I decided to skip this week, is <gasps> but but you but you mentioned is that because of my failure to provide an adequate weekly challenge? No, I love your weekly challenge. I'm going to talk about it right now. But I just, it felt like, I felt like I wanted to kind of just skip it this week and just have a, oh, have a whole conversation. God. Usually the, this we, is so good. Usually the weekly my- challenges come up sort of organically and we were just like having a conversation. It worked. So, but one of the things, what you were talking about is like putting your hand on your chest, taking five seconds to put your hand on your chest and take a deep breath and feel your chest inhale, like feel, feel it against your hand and, um, expand, feel your, feel your chest expand. And, you know, that's like such a simple thing you can take a second and do 
when your timer goes off. You can get up and walk. You can take a little stretch. You can make sure your water glass is full. You can make sure you've eaten. You can pack snacks. Like packing snacks is one of my biggest self-care tricks. Like never leave the house without snacks. (laughs) Mm. Um, And then for the holidays, it's like it's all the more important. Most people are a little more stressed this time of year, a little maybe having fun, but but things are stressful. There's holiday parties, there's planning, there's cooking, there's baking, there's buying presents, there's all sorts of shit going on. Like you can't do anything for anybody else unless you're you're meeting your own needs. Uh-huh. And a simple way to do that is just like Take some breaths, drink enough water, eat some food, make sure you're never starving, make sure that you're sleeping at night. And if you're not sleeping, like make sure you schedule a nap in your day. What are some of your, yeah. Yeah. So um, when I was thinking about the weekly challenge, so for context, Jackie asked me to come up with a weekly challenge and I was like, I hate goals. I will, I will not participate. And, uh, and then I eventually you know, came up with something that felt less like a goal. But as I was thinking about non-goal oriented weekly challenges, one is to like for a week, not schedule anything in the morning and not set an alarm and let your body sleep for as long as it needs to sleep, which is something that I've started doing. And it has changed my life immeasurably. Wow. Sure. During the holiday season, I just don't schedule shit before noon. Um, And yesterday I needed to sleep for 11 hours and I woke up at 11 and like, that's what my body needed. I love know? it. So that's a huge thing. It's just like protect that time for sleep. And sometimes I wake up at seven and that's great. Um, I love that. I love that. And I haven't done that in God knows how long. Like I always set an alarm and it's always earlier than I want it to be or than my body wants because I'm like always pushing myself. Um, right. Right. So I love that. And yeah. a lot of people have off over the holidays. A lot of people right. have kids, and this might not be possible for you, but um, the people that don't, that have off for a week, try it. Like, just don't expect anything of yourself. It's one of my favorite self-care gifts is to, like, go a day or a week not expecting anything of yourself. Yeah. God. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love that. Hopefully, I can actually try that, not setting the alarm over – the holidays and just like see what happens if I sleep more. Right? Who knows? Who knows? And then like wake up at 11 and not be like, oh my God, I missed five hours of the day. I'm going to die. Exactly. I mean, you know, my family likes to, one of my families for Christmas likes to have like a non-optional hot breakfast of Scrapple at 8 a.m., you know, before the martinis get poured at 9.30 for present opening at 10. Um, and so this is definitely a, you know, a counteraction to that. Oh my God. It's just a way of like protecting my morning, like protecting my morning has been a huge sort of like not anti-family thing, but like healing from the ways in which my family is very oriented towards like you show up no matter what you have the flu. Great. Get on a transatlantic flight. Um, surgery. Great. Show up. You know, there's such an emphasis on like showing up regardless of your bodily states. Um, that I feel like I'm just, you know, rebelliously at 36 being like, I will not. No, I will sleep. This is so Um, important too because you're also talking about FOMO. Like you're talking about the fear of missing out that I think so many people go through where it's like morning – I go through it anyway. Like morning breakfast is happening on Christmas Day and I want to be there for it. And like do you enjoy this like um, forceful voice I keep doing that I'm like – I love it. I love it. (laughs) it's my it's my like must make it work voice (laughs) and the question that I always think of is like what do I think is going to happen at this breakfast that I need to happen and usually the answer is like I want to feel close to my family amazing so many other opportunities right it just takes a second to be like you know and when I was first living in New York and I was like literally insane with ambition and fear I mean I would like think about a party and be like, if I go to that party, I might meet this editor who might give me a commission. And if I get that byline, then I can get this. And then in two years, I'll have an agent. And then in three years, I'll sell a book. You know, it was like everything hinged on these like single events, which was an exhausting way to live. And now I'm just like, well, guess I'm just not supposed to go to that party. Mm, Yeah, I love that question. What do I think is going to happen? 
at that breakfast, at that dinner, at that, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. it's such an important thing for people, especially that are dealing with chronic illness or people that have dealt with chronic illness and just want to like be so kind to themselves so they don't get sick again. Um, Exactly. To like, to look at really the things that you're scheduling over Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I was just talking to some people at on at a job the other day and I was saying like maybe I'll go to bed before midnight yeah. this New Year's <laughs> Eve. Like what totally. if I go to bed before midnight? You know? And yeah. and everyone was kind of like, "Oh no, I'm definitely like that. I'd be so sad if I went to bed first. And I was like, "Yeah, but maybe that's what I want to do." Like who like I need to prioritize self-care there. I need to just, yeah. I need to miss some dinners and I need to like maybe buy store-bought food rather than baking or making it myself because maybe I'm tired and I, it all just needs to be okay because it is, it is okay. Yeah. I mean, I also, as you know, hate New Year's because it is goals oriented. And I've also noticed that every single New Year, people say something like, let's burn that garbage year that just happened and everything great will happen next year. And I'm like, that's just not a vibe that I like. Like, don't get me wrong. Horrific shit has happened in 2018 and 17 and 16 and 15 and 14 and 13 and 12. Right. But it's sort of this, this like general idea of like, well, thank God the like trash is behind us and only good things will happen in the new year. I'm like, I don't know. Everything is a little bit trash and a little bit amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's very like Doctor Who has a great quote about that, where it's like, life is full of terrible things and beautiful things, and the terrible things don't make the beautiful things any less beautiful, but the beautiful things also don't make the terrible things any less terrible. Like, I'm all for like, as much as I'm like, also very extreme, I'm all for just being like, yeah, this year was half garbage and half beautiful, and next year will probably also be half garbage and half beautiful. Well, maybe we need to do another episode on New Year's Eve because this is a whole yeah. conversation itself. You know I feel that way. You know totally. if – I mean if there – I mean finally you and I meet somewhere because I <laughs> – because I feel the same way about New Year's. Like I don't really believe in, in quote unquote resolutions. I'm all about yeah. like a word or like an intention. I I don't believe in like looking at the I believe in like being in the day, right? Like you can choose new any fucking day. You can wake up today and be like, I wanna, you know, start eating healthy. You don't need to wait for January first, guys. Mm-hmm. Um whatever it could be. And I just love that. And maybe we just need to do a whole other episode on like oh, yes. This New Year's thing. I don't know. I don't know, Eva. There's a lot of opportunity here. Um, I know. <laughs> Anti goals. This is my my platform for 2019 is no goals. I love no it. Goals 2019. No yeah. goals. Like imagine what that would do to your fucking life and insides if you just like I, yeah. let go. Yeah. Just this fucking like burned go. a copy of my book. I, I literally ceremonially burned a copy so as to detach it from goals. And okay. it's the only way for me to maintain sanity. Okay. I would have appreciated if you mailed that book to me, but <laughs> but cool that you burned it. Um, my editor was like, we have a very limited number of galleys. And I was like, listen, I would have been insufferable had I not burned it. Like, this was good for all of us. Okay. And she was just, she's read my book. She's not surprised that I burned it. You know? Great. Great, because yeah. I've been struggling with reading your book on in the email you sent me, and I, I think I think for the last year I've been like, hey, if you have a copy, send it, and you've been like, I'm gonna send it, and then you just told me you burned one, so it's fascinating. You know, but but I'm so excited because I pre-ordered, I pre-ordered your book on Amazon, awesome. so I am. Can can people still pre-order on Amazon? Yeah, I mean Amazon has a monopoly which squeezes you know, independent bookstores and it's, okay. you know, has many problematic things, caveat, caveat, but pre-ordering anywhere is great. Okay. Because you, recommend you people... told me to pre-order on Amazon initially. So I probably did because Amazon has sales rankings. So you want to like get, the, you know, this is all this game. <laughs> so if people pre-order on Amazon, my rankings go up, but my ethical sense of myself goes down if they pre-order independently it matters for overall rankings and my ethical sense feels great i love it 
pre-order anywhere, just pre-order. And then also come to my uh, events. I have a whole tour scheduled. Oh, I'll totally post your tour schedule and let everyone know that I will be at the um, LA Book Soup event. Yes. For sure. Um, So excited. More self-care stuff. Eva, where can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter yelling about buildings at Eva Hagberg. I'm on Instagram doing like self-owns in my stories at Eva Hagberg Fisher. And then my website is evahagbergfisher.com. There is no C in the Fisher. Everything will be linked um, in the show notes, guys. And uh, for people that are interested in more self-care stuff, go to JackieShea.com and download your self-care checklist for free. It can probably really help you during this time of year. Thank you so much, Eva, for coming on. I love you, and I will talk to everybody soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Healing Out Loud. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find me at Jackie on Instagram, my favorite social media platform, and follow me at JackieShay.com if you want to stay in touch. You can also write to me through JackieShay.com if you're interested in working with me as your trusted wellness companion. I'm always happy to hear from you with any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also join the Healing Out Loud with Jackie Shea Facebook group. Have an amazing week, you kick-ass humans. I hope you're able to implement what you learned this week, and I can't wait to share more. Bye.